The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to For the Love of Reiki with Paula Vale. Reiki has been proven to bring you balance and peace, as well as improve your health. It's a healing method that works with other alternative methods, as well as conventional medical practices, to encourage and enhance personal healing on a number of levels. Now, to tell you more about Reiki and better health, here is Paula Vale. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of For the Love of Reiki. I am your host, Paula Vale. This is the show that gives insight and knowledge of Reiki and various other healing modalities through sharing information and experiences. And today our show is about youth and the new generation energy movement. Very exciting topic. And I have two guests with me today. Um, Kristen Eichel, my partner and co-host of the show, and Bentinho Massaro. Welcome, Kristen. Welcome, Bentinho. Thank you, Paula. And it's so beautiful to be with all of your listeners again, as always. And Bentinho, all the way from Colorado by way of Holland, um, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So I had the great privilege of meeting um, you a few weeks ago and hearing mm-hmm. you speak and, and really watching your energy and getting a moment to just be in space with you. And I was so um, pleased and delighted to hear the message that you have to bring as well as just experience this yummy energy that you bring. So I would love to just sort of ask off the top of the bat, who are you and why are you on this planet and what is your giant mission? <laughs> That's a fun way to ask. Um, well, <clears throat> it seems that based on just this life experience that I've had so far, that I'm meant to be a teacher of some sort. And, um, I've always had this, while I was seeking enlightenment myself, I always had this sort of what I call a second mind with me. So while I was seeking for my own happiness, my own peace, my own resolution, the source of all that is, um, at the same time, going through that path and going um, through all kinds of teachers, ranging from yoga, meditation, to Reiki, to energy work, um, just straight up yogic enlightenment, uh, masculine practices, all these different kinds of techniques, personal development. And while I was going through all of these techniques, I had this sort of quote-unquote second mind with me, this sort of skillful ability to distill what works from what does not work. So... Um, I always was thinking in terms of what would work for the masses and what would not work for the masses. And constantly every day, as I was practicing, as I was studying, um, I became clearer and clearer on this sort of language, this overall teaching um, that I believe or I feel is very effective for practically anyone from any background in spirituality. And so the idea is that 
hopefully these teachings can take people from um, wherever they are at to wherever they actually want to be, whether that's enlightenment, whether that's peace, or whether that is um, to be an empowered expression of their true theme, their true self. And that's a, I mean, that's a beautiful philosophy to hold, and I think many people would agree with that. They are looking for love, or they're looking for peacefulness, or they're looking for that sense of union or community, perhaps even a sense of longing without the identification of even knowing what the it necessarily is. And yet, uh, I like that you said that you had this sort of second mind, this inner teacher, the, the internal guru that was guiding you along the way and helping you to find this. What, do you, what would you attribute that second mind to? Um, honestly, to my theme in life, sort of life transcendent, meaning that it's not really, it's not really anything that comes from my brain um, here. It doesn't really come from my conditioning or just my talents. It's, it's this transcendent portion of myself that's changeless and it's always been with me and I can tap into it at any moment. And like you said, it sort of functions as an inner guide. And so it has helped me to get to where I am, if I can put it in that way as fast as I did, uh, and as intensely as I did. So it showed me the way throughout all the myriad practices and ways in which spirituality has developed itself and expressed itself. It has helped me to really distill that into what, for me at least, has worked as a profound, concentrated version of all of that. I, I totally agree with you. I think that it is really important to cultivate that inner teacher. And I know in the yogic practices, we're always looking at how to still the conditioning mind, how to still the, the mind of the mundane, the mankind mind, and move into the mind of the greater teacher, the teacher with the capital letters. And yeah. so I love that you have always had a dialogue with that. Do you think that you were born with this channel already open, or do you think that there was an epiphany that helped to open that channel? Um, I feel I'm definitely born with that channel open and it's been covered up to some extent, but it's always been alive as well to some extent. So I never fully lost it and I very quickly realized when I did lose it. So yeah, I'd have to say that as, as early on as I can remember this channel, if you want to call it that, has been, has been very vivid, has been very present, very bright, very open, very available. You, re- you say you remember when it began to dim or shut down. What was the, how old were you, and what was the experience around it shifting from one perspective to the other? So I'd say that up to, let's say, the age of 12, 13, I was just naturally bright and vivid, and this channel was open. So there was that natural sense of kindness and generosity and abundance, and everything is possible. That, that was always one of my strongest senses, like everything is possible. And I feel like that's something that I wanted to and still want to, and then bringing to this planet's collective consciousness is the, the, the confidence, the knowledge, the real true knowingness that everything is possible. And it is around the age of, I think, 13, where I started entering high school in Holland. And at some point, I think two, three years later, maybe I was 15 years old, I started to notice that I have had dimmed down this light to a great extent just to fit in, just to in a sense, cope with, with the educational system, which I had no resonance with whatsoever. Uh, just the people around me that seemed rather ignorant or just blatantly unkind or ungenerous or not rooted in any sense of abundance, but all like coming from lack and domination and comparison. And so I sort of got lost in that maelstrom for a bit until the age of about 15. 
And as soon as I realized that, I very clearly, again, this inner teacher sort of arose and showed me very, very clearly that I have a choice, basically. And the choice is, is it really worth it to go on in this way, to go on in this sort of dimmed down way? Is that really worth it? Even if you would be successful in that way, even if you talk about myself in this case, even if you would be um, approved of and accepted and be popular and all these things, if that would mean that you had to dim down this light, this brightness, this everything is possible sense, this transcendent sense of what you're here to do and who you are here to be, who you truly are, is it really worth to dim that down for success on this sort of lower level um, way of relating with other beings? And I very clearly decided and felt that I was so much happier and so much more passionate about existing and existence when I was, say, 12 years old than now at 15. So that choice became very immediate, very clear for me. I didn't need a lot of thinking. Again, that inner teacher arose and just showed me, is that worth it? And I knew, no, it's not worth it. So I shifted right there and then, and very instantaneously, very rapidly, I started to regain that brightness. But, of course, with some different type of maturity, but also insecurity, that high school 15-year-old insecurity. So ever since that time, I started seeking for what I call the source of all of all that is, the source of all of life. I wanted to get down to the bottom of it, like master. I felt like if I can master the source of everything that is, if I can understand it, know it, know the truth beyond all truth, then I can naturally master or understand all of its parts, all of its aspects. And then the highest would be the source of all of life. Instead of just working my way through one item at a time or one aspect of life at a time, why not go straight for the source first and understand that first? And then you have this enormous clarity to understand anything else from. And that's just what I intuitively sense. And that's what then at the age of 16, started my sort of classical um, Buddha-like search for enlightenment. I think it's really powerful what you're describing. And I think that many people who are, you know, probably decades older than you are at this time would relate to that experience of having to grow up and find themselves dimmed in some level, coming down to the lowest common denominator of meanness or pettiness or jealousy or anger or any of those places. And I know many people experience that in the workplace or they experience that in their relationships, maybe even in their marriages or their partnerships, where they have to come to these power struggles. And what's beautiful about what you said is that you had this experience from 12 to 15 of really becoming embroiled on the very base level human power struggle of right to survive, right to be heard, fitting in, feeling comfortable, that web that we all become enmeshed in. Your inner teacher spoke to you at a young age because you were accessing it easily, and it allowed you to override it without needing to perpetuate it for another 15, 20, 30, 40 years. Exactly. And many of our listeners now are coming to that place where they're beginning to see that they no longer wish to be embroiled in this, and so they're now beginning to listen to their inner teacher. What you said is true. Is this worth it? And your answer is that it was not for you. Yep. How many... Would you, how would you say about young people being born on this planet um, who are being able to be tapped into that channel? It feels as if there's more and more. What's your experience told you about this? Oh, definitely. Yeah, way more. Every new generation, and by that I even mean like a one-year gap. Like every, every one year that passes where a new generation gets born, mm-hmm. to me when I, when I perceive these kids, when I'm in their presence, 
uh, their, their brightness level in that sense, the brightness that I described from my own childhood, and I can sort of pick up on that, I can sense that brightness level, is, I mean, it's crazy high these days. So I think, like, you know, the relationship that these kids have to their parents is kind of crucial at this timing. Uh, and I think we should definitely, definitely be open to understanding that there is wave after wave of new generations of brighter, more tapped in, different vehicles, even uh, beings that are born into the society that need that uh, space, that need that support to, um, to have them share their authentic voice, because that will eventually, if it's accepted by our society, by our status quo, that will actually be the very thing. Their teachings, their messages will actually be the very thing that benefits all of us, not just a portion of us. So I think it's very crucial that um, at large, the adults at this time are very aware of the preciousness, the vulnerability, but also the brightness and the confidence with which these new generation of kids are born into this world, the channel that is very open for them, as you call it. And I think we should completely um, um, devote ourselves to nourishing them. Of course, we teach them certain logical, common-sense things as well, but we're very open to the wisdom they wish to bring, and we're very supportive of of nourishing and supporting that authentic voice to come out. Because, again, it is our calling that's being entered in many ways. So if we wish our world to transform rapidly, and it's possible, and it's happening, but if we wish to facilitate that in a beautiful, gorgeous way, and it's very important that we allow that to occur and actually believe in that or give, give support to that and not be skeptical or not feel like, oh, we are 50 years old and we've done all these things, so we know better than our kids. There has to be that openness, that humility rather than the arrogance of, of, uh, of age. That's a beautiful point, and I think that that is the changing of the guard of the old wave of um, a certain level of time had to be put in in order for the respect to be earned, and I think that is an old paradigm. I think yes. now respect can be earned instantaneously if someone is truly holding the truth regardless of their age. How would you say these children would be identified? I'm sure that there are many of our listeners, and listeners, please write in. We would love to hear about your brilliant Bright Light children. Um, How would parents identify these children, and how can they best support them? There's a difference between spoiling a child and recognizing, honoring, and revering the wisdom of that child without them becoming spoiled monsters. There's there's definitely a balance there. How would you address Well. I, honestly, every every child that's born today is of this new generation. There is no longer the old, as I see it, the old energy pattern births are no longer occurring because if that were to occur, it would just simply be very stressful. It would probably lead into a very short lifespan, lifetime for that particular being. They would probably just need to squeeze the last final part out of their theme, so to, so to speak, of the old, the old, whatever you want to call that, old energetics, old dynamics. So practically speaking, practically anyone that's born today from this day onwards and from a while ago onwards is that type of child, is that type of being. Because it's no longer compatible to have the old dynamics be born into this new uh, planetary energy, if you will, this new acceleration, this new wave, this new generation, this new age, literally. So pretty much anyone that's born today is of this new generation. So it's not hard to identify them, just by their age, basically. Got it. Um, so these bright children are born to some parents who may have no conversation about this whatsoever. And, <laughs> yep. and clearly 
that in and of itself, I would imagine, would be the challenge for this child to learn to be themselves even in the face of a parent who loves them but has no conversation with any of this means. Yes, yes. The, uh, they're being forged in that sense. The fire from which their source, their crispness, their clarity is forged is in that seeming paradox of coming in brightly but coming into a realm, into an environment that may or may not be as supportive of that or understanding of that. And so then to meet that, to meet that brightness, to have your own brightness as a kid meet that, shall we say, non-brightness, for lack of a better word, is in some ways training. It's like boot camp. And it is what will enable them to actually speak to the old guard, to the old generation, in ways that, um, that matter to them, in ways that allow the old generation to transform rapidly. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. I love what you're saying. We're going to have to break for commercial. Um, so when we come back, we've got a beautiful meditation and you're going to guide us through. We'll continue this conversation about the bright light and everything else with Paula Vale for the love of Reiki. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. The healing modality of Reiki has become more recognized worldwide in both the areas of naturopathic medicine and Western medicine. Reiki not only benefits and heals the person receiving the Reiki healing energy, but also the practitioner. Learning Reiki can change your life and the life of those around you. Paula Vale of Wellness Inspired in Tacoma, Washington, has trained in Reiki worldwide and teaches all levels of Yusui and Karuna Reiki. Paula understands that teaching Reiki is both an honor and a responsibility. Go to wellnessinspired.com to learn more. Are you looking to relax, improve your health, and find balance in your life? Then you need to try the wonderful healing powers of Reiki. Reiki is an energy healing technique that is based on the concept of life energy. At Wellness Inspired, located in Tacoma, Washington, we offer Reiki sessions in combination with other healing modalities to maximize the healing benefits for our clients. We also have one of the few crystal healing beds located in the Pacific Northwest. To learn more about how you can achieve better health and balance with Reiki, visit us at wellnessinspired.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to For the Love of Reiki with Paula Vale. We would love to hear about your Reiki stories as well as your questions about Reiki. Paula will answer questions and share stories on the show. Please send an email to Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Again, that's Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Now, back to For the Love of Reiki. Welcome back to The Love of Reiki. It's Krista Michael with Paula Vale and Bentinho Massaro, who is this beautiful teacher who currently resides in Boulder, Colorado. And we're speaking about youth and energy and vitality and really this new teaching that's coming on the planet now and the new accessibility of this new teaching. Um, when we went to commercial, we were discussing about these new bright lights who are being born in this generation in the last 10, 15, 20 years even. And what do you think the role of the parents, grandparents even, of these children who are being born to help support them to their maximum potential? What is the role of the older generation in supporting these new bright lights? I would say first for the older generation, uh, parents and grandparents, 
first take just this moment where you where you stop and you ask yourself, um, what is it that I want for myself, for my children, for the world at large? What do I want this world, this planet to look like 25 years from now? And when you tap into that, it's much easier to get over any kind of arrogance you might have and realize that that new wave, that new generation of children needs their authentic voice as intact as they can. Not unchallenged per se, but intact, meaning supported, not traumatized, at least, you know, minimize the trauma you can inflict upon your kids, obviously. But give them that authentic voice by, first of all, knowing what type of future is more important to you. Is it all about you or is it about the collective? Is it about the whole benefiting? And when you realize that, it's easy to get over yourself, and it's easier to see, also to recognize, the beauty and the brightness that lies in our future, which really lies in our kids as they are born and grow up today. So that's, first of all, a way to tap into what's truly important, so that you're clear on that, so that you can get, get over yourself. And then secondary to that, or maybe even primary before that, but what's most important, I think, is that you are able to tap into your child, but not see... I often say, and this is, I understand this is kind of radical, um, but I often tell people they are not your kids. They're not your children. Correct. They are beings. They are beings that have their own message, that have their own voice, that have their own authenticity, and that used, in a sense, your vehicle to build their own vehicle. Yeah. And uh, parents have a hard time seeing it in that way because, again, they need to get over themselves to really appreciate that they have given birth to life, not to their kids. So a lot of this is really about the old generation getting over themselves to the point where they can see the true value of that child, even if it's still latent, even if it's still unexplored, even if it's still uncrystallized, but to be able to value that, to be able to support that. But you can't really support what you don't first see the value of. So you need to see the value of these kids, of their spirit, of what they bring to the world and how it can change everything for the better for everyone. When you have that clearly in your mind and in your heart, then when you approach these kids, you'll approach them with a frequency naturally that is of support, that is of listening to what they have to share, etc. Thank you for that. I love that. Oh, my goodness. That is just tremendous. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, it's a powerful description. And you're also... um, you're also describing how important it is to really, truly stay present in that moment. If you're present to this child in this moment, then all the other expectations, the sense of ownership, the sense of, of um, sort of holding down of some energy that might have been in older spaces is gone. It's eliminated. Yes. Beautiful. The space of that child. And we'd also very much love to hear this beautiful meditation that I know that you're going to be guiding our audience in. And audience, if you're driving or if you're in some way uh, not able to take this moment and just deeply close your eyes and absorb it, then please return back and listen to the podcast when you have or certainly just pull over and take a moment because we're going to be guided into a very beautiful journey that's going to help to bring us into this present moment of the light. All right. So the purpose or the intention or the goal behind this meditation is to actually allow us to let in a greater degree or greater density of love light, the love light of the one infinite being, the one infinite creation in its creator, but to let that into our being, into our system, into our bodies even, but into our mind, into our perception. So I'll ask all of you to simply take a deep breath, and as you sigh or exhale, take two to five seconds, 
to just completely give away your thoughts for a moment. Give away your thoughts. Give away your mental imagery, your mental expectation, your mental tension. Give it back to God. Give it back to life. Surrender it, however you want to visualize that. But basically, you give yourself full permission to relax into the here and now without a need to expect or know anything for just a few seconds. And enjoy the soothing presence of that here and now, of that empty moment, that vast, spacious presence. Now visualize that at the center of your heart, there starts to emanate a light, a very bright, pure white light. At first, it's kind of small. It's maybe half the size of your heart, and it starts to fill up your heart. But very soon, it starts to increase in brightness and gather more of the universal love light energy, and it starts to expand. And now it's as big as your heart, and now it's beyond the size of your heart. And now it fills up half of your chest. And now it keeps growing and keeps increasing in its intensity, its crispness, its brightness. And so it expands even further. Now it covers your whole torso, your whole chest, your whole shoulders. And allow it to keep expanding in anything inside of the sphere of love light, bright light, in a sense disappears. It loses its own form, its own definition, and it becomes that light. In other words, your organs turn into pure light. And now this sphere starts to expand even further beyond, beyond your skin, beyond the definition of your body. And so the entirety of your physicality has now merged with this brightness, has now become this intensity, this purity of love light. So now visualize yourself purely as a sphere or body of this bright light of the creator, of infinity, of the one. Feel it. Take another few moments to simply feel the brightness of this light. Let it accumulate. Let it gather ever more love light to itself. There's no end to this. You don't have to stop at any point of intensity. You can step it up a notch yet again and yet again and yet again and gather even more light than you can imagine. And now that you feel that you are this brimming, full bright light of creation, start Taking this light, which we could call you at this point, and travel into whatever you would imagine space or hyperspace to be like. And start going at a pace that you're comfortable with. So just see some planets pass by, maybe even some stars in the distance that you're approaching. Start moving at a speed that we would say approaches the speed of light. Build up to that point. So feel the brightness, feel the intensity of the sphere of light, this never-ending accumulation of love light. And now, not only accumulate more brightness, more intensity of love light, but also accumulate speed. Go faster and faster and faster and faster and faster and faster and bigger and brighter and faster and faster. And when you go as fast as you can imagine, when all the stars fly past you by, Go ten, 10 times that fast. Go 10 times faster than the max of what you can imagine. Just do it. Go faster. Break that barrier. Break that barrier of light. Break that barrier of the imagined speed. Go beyond it. Go faster. Go even faster than that. And when you go as fast and you feel as powerful as you can, go beyond even that. Gather even more light to yourself. And go even faster. And realize that you are approaching 
the speed of creation itself, the one being that moves so fast that it can appear everywhere at once as different things. But it's only one light. It's only one being appearing as everything because it now moves at infinite speeds so it can appear right next to itself. Go as fast as you can go to get this real sense of bliss, of love, of light entering your being, entering your body, entering your perception, entering your consciousness. And know that you're worthy of this light. Know that you are an expression, a manifestation of this love light. And know that you have the capacity to express this in your own unique, beautiful, gorgeous way. And come back to the here and now where you notice that there is the manifestation, at least on the surface of your consciousness, the manifestation of this light body. And it also manifested itself as your physicality. And feel strength, feel beauty, feel power, feel abundance, feel impossibility, feel infinity. And channel that into your theme, into your desire to express something to all of yourself, to the rest of yourself. Everyone else is simply the rest of yourself. And you're here to share your love, your light, in a unique way. You're here to enjoy your love light and to serve from that love light. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being you. Thank you for honoring the love that you are. Thank you, teacher. That was really very beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, guys. What's lovely about this meditation, Paula, I'd love to hear your experience about that. What did you enjoy about that? It really... It really was love light. That light became so all-consuming, and, and it did. It, it was love. It was love. And the positive energy, it, it just filled me up, and I, it was a love light. It, that's a beautiful meditation. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. It, it was tremendous. Mm, thank you. <laughs> That's a beautiful description. What I, what I thought was really quite lovely about it is that the faster I went, the more still everything becomes. Yes, thank you. Yes, yes. The paradox. Yeah. It becomes this present, ever-expanding moment of just pure light with... Nothing to do, nowhere to go, only the yeah. experience of being in that space, which is present all the time, always in this moment. Beautiful. Thank you for reminding us of that. What Beautiful. Would, what would you, what would be your ideal scenario of what you see coming up in the next decade? How do you think, it feels as if we're on this real deep tipping point here on the planet, and I'm sure many oh, people yeah. recognize it. <laughs> How do you feel being on the seesaw between these two experiences? The tipping point is going to be reached. Mm. In many ways, it has been reached, but the manifestation of it is lagging behind. So, experientially or energetically speaking, the tipping point has been passed in my experience, in my perception. But the physicality of that, the manifestations of that, the businesses, the corporations, the government, the people, how we interact with each other, um, the systems that we have in place, etc. Those things are, in a sense, because they are physical, they have this 
time-like experience. So they're always catching up. Physicality should never be an indication for where you are at, who you are, and who you decide to be next. It should only be seen as the tail end of experience, the tail end of manifestation. And it's always trying to catch up with what came before it. So the physicality that we see today may not be 100% reflective yet of the changes of the tipping point that has been reached, but it will continue to to um, cascade, to accelerate in that direction, and it will. It now needs to catch up with the vibration that has changed collectively, with the consciousness that has changed, and that now demands and desires different types of ways to connect to itself and interrelate to itself. And so we will see many, many changes in the next 10 years, like mind-blowingly so, um, some of which I don't even want to share because, um, well, because I don't. <laughs> uh, it will be beautiful, beautiful surprises, beautiful moments, epiphanies, collectively too, not just like individuals anymore. It will start to become as if the collective itself starts to wake up and we start to wake up to each other and we start to wake up as one species and it's going to be Amazing. This will happen over the next two decades. I tend to agree with you. Um, I know that, that it takes a while for the density to catch up to the, to the light speed of what has right. occurred. So I, I do agree with that. Um, and yet I know that many people, for them, the believing is only predicated upon what they see. Sure. So they're still stuck in the fear, but the species are leaving the planet. It's so toxic and everything is so painful and people are still fighting. How can we help to alleviate that fear for them and keep holding of this bright light that has truly already occurred, that they truly are already tapped into, even though the fear keeps them looking back over their shoulder? Mm, Beautiful. If you want to help the world truly, you have to let go of it meaning that you have to check in with your own frequency first and foremost. And if we keep basing our frequency on the old reflections, let's say you're standing in front of a mirror and you were frowning a little bit ago, but now that you have the desire to wake up and to smile, you look in the mirror and you still see the frown. And so based on the frown and the reflection, you believe that you should continue to frown. In this way, it becomes this infinite pattern, this endless loop that just keeps recreating the same negativity. So in order to truly change the reflection you see, which is physical reality, is a reflection of our state of being, of our collective state of being. So if you wish to truly contribute to that and not just complain about it or think you wish to contribute to that, again, it's so much of this is about getting over your own beliefs, your own biases, your own prejudices, and just really seeing with clear eyes that if you devote yourself to your highest bliss, your highest joy, your highest clarity, your highest authenticity with the fullness of your being, the fullness of your commitment, you will root yourself in a frequency that does not even look at circumstances to dictate how it should feel, how it should act, what it should create. And when we are in that space where we are, our state of being is realized to be independent from physical reality, we start to naturally accelerate our creation of the beauty that we know is possible. There you go. That's it. I love that. We've got to go to commercial, but when we come back... I want to get a little bit deeper into this because you have a beautiful academy that will actually help people to be in this present moment of the acceleration, yes? Yes, I'm just launched. All right, let's go to commercial. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
The healing modality of Reiki has become more recognized worldwide in both the areas of naturopathic medicine and Western medicine. Reiki not only benefits and heals the person receiving the Reiki healing energy, but also the practitioner. Learning Reiki can change your life and the life of those around you. Paula Vale of Wellness Inspired in Tacoma, Washington, has trained in Reiki worldwide and teaches all levels of Yusui and Karuna Reiki. Paula understands that teaching Reiki is both an honor and a responsibility. Go to wellnessinspired.com to learn more. Are you looking to relax, improve your health, and find balance in your life? Then you need to try the wonderful healing powers of Reiki. Reiki is an energy healing technique that is based on the concept of life energy. At Wellness Inspired, located in Tacoma, Washington, we offer Reiki sessions in combination with other healing modalities to maximize the healing benefits for our clients. We also have one of the few crystal healing beds located in the Pacific Northwest. To learn more about how you can achieve better health and balance with Reiki, visit us at wellnessinspired.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to For the Love of Reiki with Paula Vale. We would love to hear about your Reiki stories as well as your questions about Reiki. Paula will answer questions and share stories on the show. Please send an email to Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Again, that's Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Now, back to For the Love of Reiki. Welcome back to the For Love of Reiki. It's Chris Michael here with the fabulous Paula Vale and Bentinho Massaro. And we were just discussing this velocity of light that is manifesting on the planet right now and how we as individuals are responsible for holding our own vision of the light, even against what we may have seen in the mirror in the past. We may be looking behind us at seeing this is a tragedy and this is a bad thing. And, and rather than holding on to that past vision, keeping our vision forward and in this present moment of experiencing the light, we actually have this opportunity of manifesting it right now in our experience. And, continue. I know this is something that's very near and dear to your heart. You have actually created an online academy to assist people worldwide right now in tools to help bring this light into manifestation. Can you speak about that, please? Yes. So this is basically the culmination of this teacher's mind that I've had with me along my own journey for the past 10 years. Um, and it's based on my experience of dozens of retreats with um, hundreds of people just to continue to distill, to make, basically to make happiness into science without it losing its sense of mystery and awe. So I created this academy. It's called Trinfinity Academy. Um, and it basically contains my three teachings, which I'll very quickly address because I feel that at some point I had to break up my teachings because they apply to different sort of aspects of reality. So my first teaching is called Enlightenment, which is about um, the sense of us being a person, waking up to the sense of us being present, being the, the, the omnipresence of creation itself, of isness. And many of you are familiar with this, I'm sure, in terms of, you know, power of now and that kind of stuff. So that's what I call the enlightenment teaching, uh, where we wake up to presence and awareness. And then my second teaching is called infinity, which is where I take people from their base point of presence awareness, and I ask them to inquire what is the source of even that. So this is really going back to the 
most original, the absolute, you could call it, infinity itself, to really get in touch with infinity so that even the veil of awareness and presence can start to become transparent to the absolute one, the infinite one, that from which everything originates. And then my third teaching is called empowerment. So we've got enlightenment, infinity, and empowerment. And empowerment then addresses the individual and helps the individual express themselves as authentically and boldly and fearlessly as they can and to basically uh, remove or transform limiting ideas that are rooted in lack that causes us suffering. I've found that the only, um, if anything you take away from this call on a personal level, like for your own journey, I would say it is this, that the only cause of human suffering, and you can investigate this, this may not be immediately clear right now, but as you start to observe this in your own life, you will start to see proof that this is always 100% full proof. So the only source of human suffering is the idea, the belief, the frequency, but let's say the belief that lack has occurred, is presently occurring, or could potentially occur to you and your life. Every form, every time you feel a contraction, somehow you can always trace it back to the fact that you believe that lack is an actual thing that exists. Why does it not feel good? It does not feel good because your higher self disagrees with it. So one of the core fundamental uh, principles of the empowerment teaching, as I teach it in the academy, is that, um, is that whatever does not feel good on some level must not be true. Now, there is some refinement here. There's some balancing out that happens. So it's not just that we become blatant people that, you know, oh, this doesn't feel good, so it must not be true. It's not that we become reckless. But the basic principle is to start to investigate and learn more about oneself and to see how when we feel contracted, when we feel like we're suffering in any way, shape, or form, especially psychologically, but even physically to some point, but psychological suffering, let's stick to that. Every time we psychologically suffer or are contracted, we can always, with clear investigation, with these tools, trace it back to some kind of hidden belief that we were thinking that lack could occur to us. And we can see this in our need, in our strong desire for future security that all of us share. And that's only because we believe lack has occurred, is occurring, or could occur to us. That's just one example, but every form of suffering can be traced back to the idea of lack. Again, why? Because the idea of lack is a fundamental, I call it the anti-thought sometimes, or even the anti-Christ, just for fun. It's the idea, the only idea that existence cannot compute with. Existence is open and it's unbiased and it allows for everything to be there. It gives space, obviously, to the dark, to the light, to positivity, to negativity, all forms in which consciousness chooses to express infinity. Infinity allows for that. Infinity or existence accepts that and, in a sense, endorses or supports that because it's unconditional love. So it unconditionally allows for everything to be created and expressed as it wants to. However, there's this one idea, this one frequency that opposes the fundamental reality of creation, which is infinity, which is abundance, which is everything is possible. And that is the frequency underlying the idea, lack is possible. So whenever we have adopted the frequency of lack is possible, existence in the sense the frequency of existence itself starts to bump into our frequency of lack, because the frequency of lack does not fit into the fundamental principles of creation. And so that is the suffering we experience. That is the contractions we experience. It's the bumping into the truth of reality, sharing with us the information that this is not a true belief, my friend. 
And so empowerment is, this is just one aspect of that, but I feel it's one of the core elements. And if you can figure this out, if you can take this nugget home with you and investigate this, maybe replay this last part, because I realize I've talked a little fast, but that's just to squeeze it in. If you can take this nugget home and start practicing it, start investigating it, this alone can set you free. This alone can liberate you from suffering. And I'm not kidding. A truly happy, suffering-free life is not a myth. It is actually possible. We just need to know exactly how to do it. We need to be really clear in that process. And that's part of my theme. Well, that is my theme. That's the main portion of my theme here in my incarnation, in my birth, in my life. And so the Academy is the culmination of that. And it will take you through these three teachings. Um, the first course is the introduction, introduces every person to presence so that every person has the stability of presence. And they're not just going into the empowerment course based on, say, law of attraction or a person needing or desiring something just for themselves in a certain way and that's limited. So first we open up the person to present. That is sort of the mandatory introduction course. And from that point onward, you can choose to either go into the direction of self-realization, which is enlightenment and infinity, or self-actualization, which is empowerment. Hmm. And there's a community side to it too. There's a chat, there's a forum. So each lesson of each course has this study group, has this forum that you can share and ask and people can support you and uh, answer your questions. That's beautiful. I'm, I'm very excited to dive into your academy. I'm, I'm, I think it's beautiful what you've created in intention and in execution. It has a beautiful flow and it seems to be very inviting of everyone to, to join into the conversation. And I think that really... It is going to come from the shared chorus of voices all singing together that's really going to bring the enlightenment to everyone equally. Thank you, Yeah. So one of the other things that I would ask, and this just comes up briefly as we're thinking about, well, people say, well, sure, I'd love to have a stress-free life. I would love to have abundance. And, you know, I get that lack is probably, I can see that in my life. I can understand that. I experience myself and in the world around me that people are addicted to the sensation of pain and suffering and struggle. I would say used to it and unfamiliar to something else being beneficial. But yes, I can see how we could call that addiction because that's Well, it stimulates a certain experience in the brain, stimulates an experience in the body. We become used to stressed hormones of what it feels like to be on edge and like running all the time with, you know headaches and indigestion and sleeplessness, we start to become <laughs> used to that as our norm. Yeah. And we as humans are incredibly adaptable, and we can become adapted to pretty much anything, even if it's deeply unpleasant. How yeah. would one be able to overcome this? If it truly is an addiction like a smoking, for example, where it's pretty hard, it's pretty ingrained, mm-hmm. how does one overcome that deep-seated fear or difficulty of getting over that and really truly embracing that lack is just a concept? Sweet. Well, with any pattern or addiction that we wish to overcome, whether it's smoking or whether it's just an old thought pattern of lack, and we wish to feel more abundant and feel more rich and feel more free and feel more enlightened and alive, um, any type of pattern that we wish to transcend or transform, it does not require us to actually change any of our core qualities. And that's a very important distinction. This is where a lot of addicts, I feel, um, you know, start judging themselves. And that doesn't actually help anything. So what's very important to understand is that you already have everything you need to make that change, except for one thing, which is enough clarity whether or not the new reality is serving you more than the old reality. That's all you need. In other words, if you don't 
fully 100% perceive and believe and know that you are ready for that change. If you don't perceive your true value of that new reality, that new choice, then it's going to be very hard. You're going to need discipline. You're going to have to rewire the brain. You're going to have to get used to new chemicals and to new reactions and all that. And it may take more time and it may take more struggle. And it may never even happen if you truly, at the core of yourself, don't actually wish to make that change. However, if you are completely clear, 100% clear on the fact that you fully desire to, let's say, stop smoking because you know and feel and see that it serves you more than the act of smoking serves you, if that shift is 100% in clarity, so all you need is clarity, when you have that 100% clarity, 100% of your dedication and devotion will follow effortlessly and joyfully. You'll be ecstatic about your new change and about the process that at this point won't take very long at all. And in some cases, is immediate shift into the vibrational alternate reality because of the clarity of your desire. So when people say, oh, yeah, I'm addicted and I can't change, it's really not a matter of them not having devotion or discipline or dedication or not caring about themselves. It's about them purely and only lacking a clarity of what serves them and what does not serve them. When you're clear on what serves you, everything flows naturally and effortlessly. That's, that's the beautiful moment there of the epiphany, and I think that that is what comes from the discipline and the practice of doing your studies, whether it's your yoga, your qigong, your reiki work, your, your classes online with your academy, any of these placeholders of energy, you get to borrow that energy and fill up your reserve so that you then have more of it to give you that tipping point into your own epiphany of, oh, my God, I totally get it. And you get it in, like, the most mundane ways. You can get to standing in the grocery store. You can suddenly have this appearance of, like, oh, my gosh, I totally see it now, right? It can happen yes, that Yes, totally. It looks like you've taken years doing these practices because they've been building you brick by brick that endurance to be able to hold that frequency longer so that in that moment that frequency just naturally appears there. Right. Was that a question? I'm sorry. I think it's really pretty beautiful um, what you're building, and I think it's really pretty beautiful that the response that people are going to have to it. How do you see this evolving in the future for people? What do you think is the most important thing that's going to to come up to assist the populace? Um, I think it's happening. I think there's not much we can do in terms of counter it anymore. We're past the stage of being able to prevent this. So it's basically a go with the flow or die trying not to go with the flow. It's already happening. It's basically, yeah, the, if you want to put it in that way, and I don't mean to put it in a separative way at all, but it's almost like those that wish to wake up, they're already on the winning side of the team in that sense. They're already the ones that are starting to inherit the new, the new collective. And so for everyone else that is not sure yet what serves them in their journey of self-expression and what does not, those that are still doubting or those that are sure that it's the negative way, then they, you know, they have some time in that sense left to choose to either go with the flow or to, yeah, die trying not to go with the flow. But we've already made the change. It's already happening. So congratulations to all light beings, light workers, and those that desire a collective change for the benefit of everyone. 
I think you're correct. I think it has already shifted, and I think it's that recognition of those who already know that they are the light workers, who already know that they are holding their own piece of the door open for others to follow. I really do honor and commend the millions of you on this planet, in body and out of body, who are helping to make this shift possible, and certainly you, Bentinho, are one of those as well. Is there any sort of personal thing that you um, would like to see happen in your personal life as this evolution continues? Oh, interesting. Well, um, it's hard to answer because future is contained inside of the now for me at this point. So my consciousness is perceiving the future as included in the now, so I'm very now-focused in that sense, naturally. Um, but it contains everything. So there's just a sense of infinite possibility and there's just a sense of whatever is best for me will be created, will be manifested, will be attracted. And I'm just navigating with the highest degree of integrity and joy and authenticity and excitement as I can. So I don't know. There's full of surprises and also I sense some probabilities down the line. Um, but all of these are just probabilities. And at this point, I'm just having no expectations or insistence that it should look in any particular way or come in any particular form. So I'm enjoying this moment as the eternal, infinite moment of possibility. And so we are all, I think that's a beautiful answer. Thank you so much. May we all continue to be in this beautiful, infinite, possible moment of now. Yes. So gorgeous. (laughs) Bentinia Massaro, thank you so much for joining us today. Paula Vale, thank you so much for opening this doorway yourself, Goddess, and helping all of us to walk through with you. Oh, thank you, Kristen, for being on the show today. And Bentinio, thank you for the beautiful, inspiring show. I know that this is going to just do so much for our beautiful listeners out there. And I want to say thank you to all of our listeners in the U.S., around the world. And we're so happy and honored to be here to share all of this beautiful movement with everyone. And with you and with my guests, we become a team in this beautiful energy that is coming into this new world. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Paula. Thank you, Kristen. Very Thanks. nice to be with you. I'm hugging both of you virtually and uh, looking forward to more conversations with you, Bettina. We'd love to have you back on the show at some point, and sure. people will come up and we'll do a live cast from Boulder. Oh, beautiful. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Hugs and blessings to everyone. Thank you. Thank you again for tuning into For the Love of Reiki. Please join your host, Paula Vale, again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel to learn more about your better health.